What is up, folks? We are one day away. That means just one more sleep until we get Rams game day, like actual game day. Actual, regular season, not preseason. Welcome in. This is Rams Edge, and I am Jake Ellenbogen. This is episode 29. We are covering the Rams and Bills preview. Uh, Before we get started, if you haven't already, be sure that you are subscribed to this on the call-in app. Uh, Special shout-out, as always, for the call-in app exclusive uh, to the show. If anyone at any point would like to come in, I'm literally going to... Uh, be here and, you know, honestly, I'll give my thoughts on the game, but, you know, if anyone has any thoughts on the game, definitely go ahead and be sure to, uh, you know, come right in. Uh, you can call right into the show and, um, you can stay on as long as you want. We'll be, you know, we'll be talking, you know, this will run at least an hour, I would say. So if you find yourself interested in doing that, then, you know, by all means, but let's get into it. So, the Rams and the Buffalo Bills. These two, I believe, might be playing well into February, and that means I actually do believe that they're going to be playing in the Super Bowl. I do believe this is a Super Bowl matchup preview, and I'm very excited for it. I'm very excited to see you know, where this Rams offense is to start the season because I can't stress this enough, folks. Regardless of what you see, the product that you see, on the field tomorrow, obviously you hope for a win, but regardless of the outcome, you just know it's week one. So they can always get better. They can improve who they are. They can improve on what they do. And that's really one of the exciting things about it is because it's really a litmus test that you just, you know, you haven't really seen them, right? We haven't seen the starting group. We haven't seen, you know, all these guys together yet. Um, obviously a lot of the roster remains from last year, but I think it's going to be entirely a new thing here. And the reason I say that is because Liam Cohen's back as the offensive coordinator. Uh, they added Allen Robinson. They're going to be using Tutu Atwell and Ben Skoranek in this game. I do believe Ben Skoranek will start. They'll use Atwell plenty though. Uh, Brandon Powell is now getting opportunities, um, you know, in camp. And Sean McVay said they want to use him in the offense as well. So you you talk about the offense kind of transforming, right? Because you go out, you get Kyron Williams, and you know, albeit he tore his ACL, unfortunately he's out for the year. But uh, right guard, you know, Logan Bruss. I mean, the Rams had the idea to kind of change what they had on the offense. Um, I think it's really why they didn't go out and they weren't interested in bringing back Sony Michelle because I, I don't think Sony Michelle fit what they were trying to do this year. And so looking at that and then looking at the defense, you know, I think the defense adding, you know, of course you talk about Bobby Wagner and what he can do, you know, you add Wagner, you know, you, you go out and you bring back Troy Hill, a familiar face. I think we can expect a a very good game played by the Rams. Um, you know, there there might be a little bit of you know rough around the edges to start the game, and I think that's totally normal. And if anything, Buffalo might come out stronger because they played in preseason. But ultimately, I do believe the Rams are going to win this game. Uh, I think the Rams are the better team. I think with you know the Bills playing without Trey White. I know Bills fans continue to say, well, we played without him the whole year last year, and we're the number one defense. 
I would say, well, we saw what the number one defense did against Patrick Mahomes. It's why the Bills weren't playing the Bengals in the AFC title game. So, you know, I don't exactly love the Bills' defense without Trey White. I do think that they have some, you know, shortcomings because, you know, Dane Jackson, a former seventh-round pick, while I liked him coming out, I think he's more of a guy that definitely belongs on the 53, but starting him seems a little kind of, I don't know, premature. Uh, In addition to that, starting a rookie in Kyrie Elam, I don't care how good this rookie is because I do like him. I like his game. I like how physical he is. He's well coached and he's mature. And that's what you like to see a mature cornerback because rookie cornerbacks tend to be some of the most immature players in the, uh, in the game. But think about this. Okay. You're playing the cornerback position. It's a tough position to play, you know, at, at that, at that age, that inexperience, you're going up against Matthew Stafford, your first game. I think regardless of how, you know, MLB or NFL ready, excuse me, uh, regardless of how NFL ready he is, uh, Kyrie Elam, I don't think it matters. I really don't because I think, you know, at the end of the day, Stafford's going to do what Stafford does. He's going to pick apart defenses. He's going to pick apart, uh, you know, veterans even. I mean, he, he made... Uh, you know, just basically made applesauce out of Eli Apple. The next guy's better. So I do think that you could take advantage of Kyrie Elam. Uh, Teron uh, Johnson. I, I think Teron is pretty good. Um, you know, he's been a, a model of consistency at the, the nickel spot. I like him. Uh, but I do think he gets a little exposed without Trey White. Then you have the safeties. I think safeties are great. You know, all across the board. Whether it's Poyer, whether it's uh, Jaquan Johnson, whether it's, uh, you know, DeMar Hamlin, um, you know, really like what you have out of Micah Hyde. You know, I think they just have a really good looking crop. But, you know, let's be real here. This team is not unbeatable. And I'll, I'll go on record right now and say that this Rams team is the most underrated Super Bowl team I've ever seen. I've never seen a team win the Super Bowl, and still retain, I want to say, about 90 or more percent of this roster from last year and be underdogs at home to kick off the new year. I've never seen that. I don't think many of you have seen that. How would you have seen that? It's just not common. It's not a common thing at all. And, and you know, I do think it doesn't bode well for Buffalo because I think the Rams are probably best when, you you know, they're the underdog. You know, I heard the other day, like Colin Coward was saying how, you know, teams thrive in certain ways based on how they're forged. Something along those lines. And that was not a direct quote, but basically his point was that the reason Kansas city and the chiefs, they come back, and, and they're, they're such a tough team to beat. And they, you know, you can't really take them down all the time. I mean, you can beat them, but they will come storming back. It's because they're used to coming back from behind. And they've, they've had experience and, and they've won in that way. The reason the Rams, as he brought up, the reason the Rams are so tough and they only lost one, one possession game last year 
which was the Niners game week 18, is because those close games that they lose, like when they lose them, it's rare because they're so accustomed to being in that moment. They can be in close games. They can win. They thrive. The Bills are 0-6 in close games from last year. They lost to the Jaguars. I mean, no one talks about that. There's a lot of recency bias with the Bills. And I get it. I have kind of fallen for it too. But there is a lot of recency bias with the Bills. Because if you remember, the Bills didn't even make it to the AFC title game. And they're already being crowned as the the champions of 2022. It seems a little much. And if it wasn't just the Bills, it's definitely the lack of respect that the Rams are getting. At the very least. I, I think that that's a fair assessment. Because it, it's just gotten to the point where, you know, that that's what I would say. That's what I would say. I think it's gotten to the point where, you know, yes, you, you know, the Rams want to be slept on. They have no issue. They don't, they'll take their disrespect and they'll, they'll weaponize it. But just because, you know, they're taking the disrespect, like I said, they'll weaponize it. They're not going to sit there and be like totally okay with it. They'll just make you pay. So, the way I see it is this. I think the Rams are going to come out, and I don't think they're going to be rusty. I think some people are going to expect them to be rusty because they didn't play in the preseason. Well, the Rams don't play in the preseason. We know that by now, right? I mean, that's not not anything new. Rams don't play the starters in the preseason. And so, basically, I think the Rams are going to come out strong. I would definitely expect a touchdown from 2-2 Atwell for you gamblers out there. If you go for, you know, an anytime score for a touchdown, I would go with 2-2 Atwell. I would definitely go with Allen Robinson, too. I believe he's going to come down with two touchdowns. I think Stafford throws three touchdowns. I think they try to neutralize Cooper Cup, and they get taken advantage of. Because, again, it kind of goes to show you, you know, with the whole Cooper Cup thing that I've been saying, um, and I still think he'll have a, you know, a magnificent year, no doubt about it. But with Cooper Cup, I just think that teams are going to be all over trying to defend him, that they're going to leave their guard down. They're going to let these guys, you know, be able to to do their, their job. And, and I do think that, you know, if you're going to leave Allen Robinson single covered, I, I mean, I think Allen Robinson can take the, you know, he can get the most out of that. So talking about the offense, you know, I really do think that the Rams can come out firing. But I also think the Rams should be cautious here because they're going up against a really good team in Buffalo. And I do think that it helps to have more of a balanced approach. So I also wouldn't be surprised if in the first 15 scripted plays, eh, maybe they try and, you know, have some fun, put together some some fun plays, you know, uh, passing wise. But you have three good running backs, regardless of what people say. You have Cam Akers, you have Daryl Henderson, and you have Kyron Williams. And I think all three are going to be utilized. And I think all three can provide something that the other one can't. So they all offer things. And I think in that sense, you know, you look at Daryl Henderson, what he did the last time he got a hold of Buffalo's defense, went over 100 yards. You have Kyron Williams, who, you know, took all the snaps in joint practice against, uh, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals. 
you know. Kyron Williams, by the way, the same Kyron Williams, the fifth rounder that they traded up to get, the rookie did not play in preseason. A fifth round rookie not playing in preseason when he is healthy, because he did get hurt, but he he did come back. A fifth round rookie not playing in preseason really tells you all you need to know. He's going to have a legit role this year. You're going to see number 23 in the backfield. You are absolutely going to see that. And the guy's beyond his years. Let's be honest here. Great pass protector, willing. Uh, he's a willing special teamer. Uh, I mean, this guy has it all. He really does, except for speed. Doesn't have the long speed. I don't really care about that. But I think, you know, looking at the Rams, I definitely think that they're going to go ahead and I think they're going to, you know, probably have a more balanced attack. Keep Buffalo on their toes. Set up the play-action pass. I think that's the way to go. I do. And so... That's how I have it. Um, you know, I think the Rams come out strong, and I don't think they take their foot off the gas. I think the Bills, you know, maybe steal a possession or, or two, uh, you know, force a three and out, something like that to get them back in it. But at the end of the day, I have the Rams winning 34-24. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are picking Buffalo. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't think they should be. I think they're a little overvalued. Um, and, again, this is coming from somebody that's very – high on them has them in the Super Bowl. But I do think they're getting a little overvalued here and the two and a half spread is ridiculous because I mean that's like saying they'd be like eight point favorites at home if you're really doing the math. That's you know asinine. So I, I don't know. I'm just at the point where I think the Rams are just gonna come out and they've been ready for this and you know Jay Glazer said it I brought it up on another podcast. I mean Jay Glazer came out and said, look, I've been around Super Bowl teams where they win the Super Bowl and they feel like the job's done and they kind of coast. He's like, the Rams simply aren't that. They don't look like they won the Super Bowl. They look like they're ready to win another. You know, they 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 have, they mean business. And yeah, you know, those things can be a little like, okay, like who cares? But I do think it's important. And I think, you know, winning starts with a winning culture, winning mentality. And it's like an onboarding process when you go to the Rams. The whole we not me culture, I think, is very evident. And I think Sean McVay has the perfect approach as a head coach uh, where you just have to feel good about it. You know, you have to feel good. Anytime you go into a game, you have to feel like the Rams are pretty much always going to win. They may not win, and that's totally fine. But you feel like, whether you're a fan or an analyst or whatever, you watch the Rams, I mean, if you do watch them, then you can't help but feel like they're going to win every game. I mean, going into it, obviously, you know, you see the game and and things change and all that, but you do get that vibe that they're going to win every game because they have the talent to. They have the talent to, they have the coaching, the development. And I do not think we are talking enough about how important the experience was for Sean McVay. He finally got over the hump. I really do believe that Sean McVay felt cursed after the Super Bowl loss. And if they lost that game to the Bengals, it could have been a problem for Sean McVay because a lot of coaching is mental. And you got to keep a men- you have to keep mental clarity. And I really do feel like them beating the 49ers, beating Tom Brady twice, and then, you know, getting two monkeys off your back cuz you beat the Niners finally when it mattered and then you won the Super Bowl, I think it just makes them even scarier. So I don't think we're we're taking into account how important that is, how much 
Sean McVay learned last year because you do learn more in your losses than you do in your wins. And that three-game losing streak in November, I think, is going to be something we look back on, and it kind of molds the rest of what I believe is going to be a dynasty. I really do. I know it's week one, but we're talking about the defending Super Bowl champions. We're not talking about a team that, you know, just lost in the, uh, you know, AFC divisional round and is basically being crowned because, you know, they lost an exciting game. The defense was putrid. They gave up, what, 70-something yards in 10 seconds. Uh, I'm sorry. I think we're we're hyping up the wrong team. And, I mean, that's fine. Like I said, the Rams would – you know, they wouldn't have it any other way, but, you know, I, I do think that that's a real thing there. And, and another thing I'll say, with the defense, Aaron Donald always, you know, we talk about Aaron Donald all the time. It, it, that goes without saying. But one thing I'll say about the defense is that I think this year, with all the athleticism they have in that secondary, they're going to have more interceptions than they, they've had in recent memory. Um, I think they're going to bait Allen into an interception or two because what they can do is they can get him on the run. That's when Allen's going to make mistakes. He doesn't make a ton of them anymore, but he does make a few of them. And you just got to capitalize off those. The Rams are going to play that soft shell coverage, make sure, you know, everything goes over the middle. They're not going to let Gabe Davis or Stefan Diggs beat him over the top. But if, you know, Josh Allen wants to test it, by all means, he can. I think the Rams will be there, and you know they'll be ready to to snuff that out. So, uh, you know, it is a big deal uh, when you have a athletic group in the back end of your secondary, uh, the way the Rams do. So, very excited to see how that will, uh, turns out. Very excited to see Bobby Wagner because I've heard all off season that you know he at the end of the day like he's just washed and. You know, I, I just, I don't buy it. I don't buy any of it. Um, I'm very excited to see him, you know, on Thursday night. And I think he was added as much about him being a good player as it was about his potential development and how he could help Ernest Jones. And so I'm excited to see Ernest Jones. I'm excited to see Greg Gaines coming off his best year of his career. Um, you know, there's a lot to be excited about and the Rams have an exciting roster and, you know, everyone's talking about, well, you know, everyone asked me like, when, when are they going to trade for this guy and this guy and this guy? And I'm like, you know, hold on a sec. This is a Super Bowl team. You know, this seems better than last year, in my opinion, they just got to stay healthy. But I mean, even still, I think Odell will be coming to LA probably around November and, you know, we'll see from there. Uh, once again, guys, if anyone wants to, you know, join in and talk, um, you know, I am more than welcome to, you know, host you in here. You can call in at any point. Give me your thoughts on the game. Um, I mean, me personally, I think this is going to be a 10-point win. I think this uh, this Bills team is very good, and, you know, I think this is the preview of the Super Bowl. With the Rams, though, you know, it's funny. I've seen all sorts of stuff. Like, are they going to go 10-7, 9-8, and 8-9, whatever. And I've been seeing a lot of that. And I'm like, I understand they have a tough schedule. But, you know, it's not like they lose against good teams, like, all the time. You know, and I feel like 
that's kind of the weird thing there. How it's like people want them almost to fail just because it's like, oh, well, we don't want another, you know, Patriots team that is constantly winning and, you know, is total, you know, pest and everything. But I mean, let's be honest here. That's what the Rams are trending in, like that direction. They got to keep it up, of course, but, you know, they are trending in that direction. So, you know, that that's that's what I'll say about that. As far as players that could make an impact in this game, guys that you want to look out for, we already talked about Atwell, okay? Mentioned Brandon Powell a little bit. I think Brandon Powell is definitely a key uh, player here. He's an X-factor. He's somebody with his returnability and then what they can use him with on the offense. Um, He does create a mismatch for the Bills. So I think that's somebody to, you know, keep in mind, you know, keep, you know, an eye on number 19. I think Bobby Wagner, certainly, you know, we talked about him earlier, uh, number 45, but I think the, the real big thing here is going to be about the trenches. I mean, it really always is. It's kind of almost at this point, it's just like rambling on, but every game is won and lost in the trenches. And when you look at this offensive line, I think the only concern I have about the Rams offensive line is all the injury history. Like I need to see better. I need to see more out of that. Like no boom has to stay healthy. We know he could be a bookend left tackle. He needs to stay healthy. And then in addition to him staying healthy, you know, you definitely need uh, Brian Allen to stay healthy and you need Havenstein to stay healthy. Edwards has been relatively healthy. And, you know, so has uh, Coleman Shelton. But you've got to make sure the three out of the five are, are healthy. Because we've seen it before, man. You know, offensive line is generating some good momentum. You know, they're gelling. They have continuity. And then someone gets hurt, and it just disrupts the whole thing. You know, it's like a chain. If you break off one part of the chain, well, it's not really a chain anymore, is it? You know, if you break off, like, say, the, the left guard spot. So you break off the second, you know, the inward, you know, chain. Well, guess what? Now the chain's broken. And that's kind of like the offensive line. So I do think that's something there that does need to be said is that they really just need to stay healthy. It's about as simple as that. Now, with the Bills offensive line, I just don't love their offensive line. I think there's an opportunity here for the Rams to overload the right side. And even still, they they might not even have to. I, I still think, you know, there are definitely guys there that are that are good, and I'm not saying they're not. Um, you know, Deion Dawkins is a good left tackle in football. He, he's not the best, but he's good. You know, he, I'm not I'm not hating on Deion Dawkins, but you know, the thing with with Dawkins is that you know it's not just him. Like you have Roger Saffold there, and Mitch Morse, but after that, it's Ryan Bates and David Questenberry, who I'm not very high on either of them. You know, I think there's an opportunity here for the Rams uh, to put some pressure on Allen and get to him the way they did in 2020. You know, there may not have been any fans in the stands. They may have played in Buffalo. They may have lost on kind of a terrible call at the end. Uh, Lost 35-32 after making a 25-point comeback or whatever they made. Um, But, I mean, I still, I give some sort of value to that game, seeing how they got after Allen I know they're not going to look at that game too much because, you know, they are a different team. Um, but they are going to look at it somewhat. You have to imagine they've already looked back at it, trying to, you know, develop their plan of attack. Allen's a better quarterback than he was in 2020. Like, 
his stats might have been better then, but right now his experiences have allowed him to, you know, move up the rungs, of course. So that that's kind of my, you know, thought process there is that you played a you played a lesser quarterback in Josh Allen then than you are now. And you have to know that. And I think the Rams obviously do. Um, but you got to pressure Josh Allen. OK. And uh, with the running backs, you know, I think the, the big thing here for the Buffalo Bills and how they can beat the Rams is get the Rams linebackers lost. And how do you do that? Well, Devin Singletary, you can cover like he's not easy to cover, but you can cover him. He can leak out of the backfield and you can cover him. You know, it's going to be really difficult to cover James Cook. 4-3, blazing speed, very explosive. He becomes a mismatch because if they want to flex him out wide or if they want to have him leak out of the backfield, a linebacker typically is going to cover the, the running back. But now you don't have a linebacker that can cover James Cook's speed. So because of that, you might have to you might end up drawing a corner on him. And if you do that, that means somebody's probably going to be open for Allen. There's a lot of different things uh, that you know could work out in uh in the bill's favor i mean they have a lot of different buttons that they can push isaiah mckenzie's going to be ready uh you know he'll be there he's kind of similar to like brandon powell a little bit taller um khalil shakir the rookie really interesting fifth round pick at a boise state guy that can really break tackles i like him a lot i don't know if you know he's gonna have a huge role or not but he might and then jameson crowder i mean huge you know guy over the middle on third down very reliable uh he's been that way his whole career the jets the you know washington uh football team i mean just really regardless right um and then of course stefan diggs and we all know the big matchup here stefan diggs versus jalen ramsey you know i mean that's really that's the big 1v1 matchup that's massive like, if Diggs can't get going against Ramsey, it's going to put immense pressure on Josh Allen. It's going to put immense pressure on guys like Isaiah McKenzie and Gabriel Davis to get open. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders retired. Cole Beasley's gone. These guys have to step up. It's really that simple. And so, you know, with that said, I think Isaiah McKenzie can. I think Gabe Davis is in for a huge season. But I think the weapon that you have to keep an eye on and you cannot let go if you are the Rams. Very simply put, it is Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox just got paid today. That's not why you have to worry about him. He got paid for a reason. When you look at Dawson Knox, he had nine touchdowns last year. 49 receptions for 587 yards. I mean, the guy is obviously a target. We saw in the AFC wildcard against the New England Patriots, a 47-17 blowout. Knox caught two touchdowns. He had five catches for 89 yards. Knox finds the end zone. He's a red zone threat. Another one, if you, if you guys are gamblers out there. Anytime scorer, Dawson Knox makes a lot of sense. The third round pick in 2019 out of Ole Miss. Because the Rams have to be able to cover him. Funny enough, 2020, Taylor Rapp let a tight end literally get right by him. 
I just watched this game over. The coverage in the red zone was god-awful. They actually lost the game on a touchdown to another tight end, Tyler Croft. So there are a lot of guys here. The Bills have a good roster. I mean, no doubt about it. They're going – I think they win the AFC. But it is incredibly important, in my opinion, for the Rams to keep guys at bay like Dawson Knox, like James Cook, maybe not even Stephon Diggs. But at the end of the day, I think Raheem Morris is going to keep everything over the middle. I think they're going to use that shell coverage, and they're going to have everything leak out over the middle, not allow the deep play, and I think that is a winning I think that is a winning strategy. It may not be pretty. It may mean a lot of third down conversions, things like that. Might <clears throat> might honestly mean that they give up a lot of field goals. But you're not trying to give up touchdowns. It's more like the bend don't break that people hate. But at the same time, it makes sense if you are worried about the deep ball, you're worried about the deep big time players like, you know, Stefan Diggs that can make explosive plays. Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Dawson Knox. Makes sense. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be incredibly interesting to see where we go from here. You know, it it really is. We're going to find out how good this Rams team is right out of the rip. And they can obviously get better. They can change. They can, you know, do different things and all that. But we're going to see pretty quickly, you know, what this Rams team has to offer. And I think that's, that's an exciting thing. Week one Rams normally aren't on the first game of the year, but neither are the bills. So, you know, I really love this matchup. I think it was really good for the league and, you know, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. Ryan, did you want to speak? I don't know if you. Can you hear me? Yeah, what's up, Ryan? No, I love all your content, bro. I didn't even, first time I'm on here. I'm just really anxious to see the young corners uh, tomorrow. And uh, I like to feel we're pretty deep, but again, I'm biased, but want to see how they do tomorrow. Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, I don't know how much they're going to play the young corners. I really don't. Um, that doesn't mean that they won't play them. doesn't mean that they won't even start one of them. But the Rams kind of left it up there. You know, we know that Troy Hill is going to be one of the starters, and we know Jalen Ramsey. But, like, my guess is David Long is going to, you know, he'll play on the outside, and Troy Hill will play the slot slash, you know, the star role. Um. But, I mean, you know, we might see, like, Rochelle, he was he sat out of the, the third preseason game, so I, I think that indicates he's higher on the depth chart than those guys. But, you know, I think those, those first three guys that I mentioned, you know, Long didn't even play in preseason. So I think he – I think those are probably your starting three. And then, you know, you have Rochelle and then uh, Kendrick and, and Durant. I'm very excited to see where they are uh, personally, but – yeah, I, I just don't know how long, how much they're going to play them. But it will be interesting. I mean, week one, if they play even a little bit, that that speaks volumes to how, you know, how ready they are or how close to ready. I mean, if you can get any snaps on defense in a game like this, 
on a Super Bowl roster definitely speaks volumes to what you have. Marv, how's it going? You're muted, just so you know. You hear me? Yeah, how's it going? Good. I was wondering about Fuller. Uh, is he is he ready to go? I believe he is. Um, you know, I, I think if if he wasn't ready to go, the, the uh, Rams by, I think it's, I mean, it's literally by the letter of the law of the NFL, would have to report it. Like, if he would have to be on the injury report. Yeah. So, otherwise they'll get, like, fined. So, I, I do believe he's fully healthy now. I think they just held him out of preseason. They didn't want to give him any snaps or anything because they just they didn't want him to waste all that rehab getting hurt in a meaningless game. So, we don't know if it's going to be Fuller or Scott or Rapp. Um, I think it's going to be Fuller and Scott. But I think they'll, you know, they'll rotate in Rapp. They'll rotate in Burgess. They'll get those guys opportunities. They're going to play. They have different packages, different sets, so they can get you know more going and everything. So I'm actually very excited to see that because I think that they're just going to get different combinations and you know like uh, like Ryan mentioned, you know, hopefully they'll play the, the young guys and you know I want to see Rochelle on the outside. I think you know he becomes I think the long term boundary corner across from Ramsey. So that's an exciting thing, but. You know, with the safeties, though, they, I mean, Russ East made the roster. I don't know if he'll be on the 48 because, you know, you can only dress 48. I don't know if he'll be one of them, but maybe even he gets in a little bit. They really like him. So, how about McCutcheon? Is he going to suit up? I don't see it. Um, But I will say that Van Jefferson being out does make you wonder, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. So, you know, I, I won't rule it out. Um, I would just be a little surprised just because like, yes, like Van Jefferson's out, but like Les Snead kind of came out and was like, you know, let's everybody's, you know, slow the roll a little bit. Like he's probably, he's just a 53 guy. We don't really look at him this year necessarily as the, you know, part of the 48. Um, whereas, you know, Keir Thomas, he mentioned Keir Thomas is, part of that 48 he said like he's somebody that will be active i mean we'll see um i think before it was 46 and they bumped it up to 48 over the last couple years so you know which i mean it should be 53 but we're not having that discussion (laughs) Uh, i'm excited about the defense i mean if hollins can hold down that outside linebacker I mean, we have two linebackers in the middle that weren't there at this time last year. Neither one. Jones was. Jones didn't start. So, I think Wagner and Jones in the middle is is a huge upgrade. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I agree with you. It's actually a really good point because yeah, it was Troy Reader and it was Kenny Young. Yeah. Uh, last year. You know, um, so, I mean, 
the team doesn't look that different from the end result, right? But it does look a lot different than the opening day. Exactly. You know, so, so I do think that's fair to say, and you know, it's something to keep in mind. Um, great point, by the way. Yeah, I, I almost you know forget about that. You know, it's like Ernest Jones really he didn't become a starter until end of the year. Uh, he had his moments, but he yeah, like that's so that's a good thing. Um, he'll hope he with Wagner and he really improved too. And I think with Wagner, uh, Jones is going to be just that much better. Yeah, no, I I think Jones is going to be in for a really good year. Ryan, did you want to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, just like this this guy saying the defense, super excited. But do you all do you guys also find confidence in how we're going to start with our run defense? Because I just love what Ashawn contributed in our playoff run and towards the end, and yeah. he wasn't really that huge of a contributor early on last year, you know, for injury or whatever reason. So I feel like super confident going into tomorrow and I'm excited. And I want to know what you guys think about how stout our run defense can be starting day one tomorrow. If Ashan Robinson can play like he did in the playoffs, (laughs) I mean, he was all pro in the last two or three games. So, yeah, seriously. Yeah, he he was huge. I'm glad you mentioned him, Ryan. Um, I, it just feels weird that, like, he's ready to go. You know, it feels like – I know he probably – I believe he started the first game of last year, you know, but it just feels like he's been hurt so much throughout his tenure with the Rams. So it's nice to know that they have – I mean, they really do have a healthy group right now. Uh, it's really unfortunate what happened to uh, Logan Bruss. It's unfortunate that, you know, their sixth-round pick they love. And uh, Quentin Lake, you know, he, he's not ready to go. And, you know, Bobby Brown got suspended. But for the most part, I mean, the Rams are pretty fortunate with what they have. You know, there, there could be a lot more, a lot worse injuries. Um, you know, looking over at the Saints, I mean, they lost Trevor Penning who, you know, Logan Bruss wasn't going to start this year. We kind of figured that out pretty quickly. But Trevor Penning was literally going to start for the Saints. Um, You know, then you have, you know, Tyron Smith going down the left tackle for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, there are some massive injuries all around the league that are, like, going to really, uh, you know, test these teams, like starters that went down. So, you know, obviously a knock on wood, you hope nothing happens, but, you have to feel good right now about where the Rams are at heading into week one. Just knowing there hasn't been a ton of injuries at this point. Jake, I'm, I'm interested to see how Copeland, Hoyt, and Williams can add on a rotation. Those three guys, if, they, if they're ready to play at NFL level, they could really help. I agree, um, and they absolutely can play at NFL level. I think what they do is it allows you to be fresher up front because if you're bringing in Copeland, if you're bringing in Hoyt, if you're bringing in Williams, and you feel good about them and you don't feel like they're a huge downgrade, obviously from Aaron Donald, anybody is. But you know, for the most part, you know, if you don't feel like they're a huge downgrade from Greg Gaines and 
Ashawn Robinson, then you can kind of keep your guys extremely fresh. And, and then that just becomes even more of an issue. So well, they, they, all three of them seem really hungry. So I think they're ready to go. I do too. Um, I just think right now, I mean, the Rams have best 53 in the NFL and, you know, they're either going to, they're either going to play their game and they're going to win or they're going to have to, uh, you know, play another team's game and they're going to lose. But, you know, really, I, I just can't see, I really can't see them losing because I just think they're at a point where the media is so obsessed with Buffalo. Yeah. And they're the most underrated Super Bowl team I've seen in recent memory that I just think they're it's all set up for the Rams. I mean, they they just have to play their style of game. And, I mean, they have the right mindset and everything. So I feel pretty good about them. Hell, everybody west of the Colorado River hates L.A. So <laughs> it's always been that way. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably uh, I'll probably wrap it up. Uh, what do you got? Any, any final thoughts, uh, Marv, Ryan? I just think uh, how that offensive line gels, and uh, if they can, if they can just help the running game a little more than last year, that would be huge. Yeah, it was interesting to see uh, Witt's comments about Boom. I don't know when it was exactly said, but I just read it on Twitter this morning, I think, that he felt he's been ready for years. And I think he's been on the record for saying that yeah. a lot before. But um, I hope he's not capping, you know. And uh, I hope this uh, O-line is cohesive tomorrow. Yeah, Sheldon's got a big a challenge. And if he if he can play that right guard, it will be fine. It will be more than fine. I think he's actually going to be really good. Um, I I just think the I'm offensive hopeful. line needs to stay healthy. That's yeah. yeah, I know. That's the only concern that I have is that you have three guys who have suffered like legit injuries on the offensive line. Like Havenstein just plays through injuries, right? But the problem is he's not one of those guys that can play through without you notice. Like he plays through and you're like, you notice. You notice that like <laughs> he he is not good. Like he he is he's banged up. He should not be in there, you know. Um because there's some guys that play through injuries and you never know. I mean, Jalen Ramsey played through an injury, I think, what was it, a torn UCL or something, his shoulder or something, he played through that, labrum, whatever. Um, you know, there are guys like him that just play well through it, and you, you never know, and then they bring it up in the offseason, and you're like, that's bizarre. I didn't even know he was hurt. Um, you know, and then there are guys like Havenstein who try to play through the injury and they can't. And, I mean, I think, honestly, you know, it makes sense. You're playing at that weight. You're playing that position. You know, I'm not not hating. I just, you know, that that is something. But, um yeah, I think there's definitely – it's a tough test for the Rams' offensive line, but I, I think it's also a great test because we're going to find out how good the offensive line is. You're going up against Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Gregory Russo, and Von Miller. That's as good of a test as you're going to get the whole year. So. All right. Well, 
I'm going to wrap this thing up. I appreciate you guys. Uh, we will be, I'll be doing a watch party tomorrow on my YouTube channel. So um, if you're interested in that, be sure to tune in 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, but once again, thank you guys. Ryan, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Ram's Edge. And uh, I'll let you know anytime I, uh, I go live, it'll send a notification or, you know, whatever. So just, uh, yeah, make sure you do that. And yeah, anyone else who, who's listening, uh, you know, be sure to, to subscribe to the Rams Edge show and, uh, I'll see you guys soon.